the podcast from Belmont Chapel in Exeter, sharing the story, living the life. For more information, go to belmontchapel.org.uk. A little under an hour ago, 22 players walked off the football pitch at the iconic stadium in Lusail, Qatar. The final whistle had blown on the 2022 World Cup. The match was over. After years of preparation, heightened expectation amongst football fans across the world, the, the ultimate footballing accolade, that of being crowned world champions, had been bestowed on just one nation, Argentina, after a wait of some 36 years. Over the past few weeks as the tournament has progressed, footballing fans across the globe, of course, have had Moments of great delight, moments of ecstasy, as well as moments of abject despair. For some, their hopes and their dreams have been realised. Yet for countless others, they've been dashed. For some, the long period of waiting is over. But for others, there's a further lengthening of the long, dark night of unfulfilled promise. A reality, actually, that you would see etched upon the faces of fans across the globe whose teams just simply couldn't shoulder the weight of expectation that was placed upon them. The people of Israel at the time of Jesus' birth were on the lookout for a champion. For several centuries, their prophets had spoken about a coming Messiah, a God-chosen champion, someone who would shine a light into the dark places of their collective experience, someone who would restore their national pride, someone who would give them identity, someone who would drive out the occupying Roman forces from their land, someone who would bring peace, someone who could finally shoulder the enormous weight of expectation. Listen to what the prophet Isaiah has to say. He's writing some seven centuries before the birth of Christ. This is what he says to the people. Familiar words, of course, to many of us, because we often hear these words at Christmas. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land of deeper darkness. A light has dawned. Later, in the same passage, he goes on to say this, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Now we of course have the advantage of looking back and seeing something of the prophetic fulfillment of these words in the life and the death and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, whose birth of course we have gathered to celebrate. But that wasn't the experience of course of those who first heard Isaiah's words. In fact, when we consider the words that surround these few verses, we soon get to discover that the majority of Isaiah's message is one of quite overwhelming gloom and disaster. The previous chapter, chapter 8, reports that invasion by an aggressive enemy would soon overwhelm the nation of Judah. Moreover, the remainder of chapter 9 describes that same enemy as already having invaded the territory of their close neighbour, Israel. 
And Isaiah's message, I think, is particularly contemporary. Here within Isaiah's description, there is disaster with the odd fragment of peace. There is gloom with a gleam of light. There is despair with a glimmer of hope. Isaiah is a prophet of light and shade. He lives amongst the brokenness, but he looks beyond it. He's eager to catch a glimpse of God's champion. As we look around the world, we see countless examples of brokenness and despair. We see conflicts such as the one that continues to destroy the lives of the people of Ukraine. We cry out for justice and peace. We see the effects of that conflict and others much closer to home as well. We see our politicians struggle to contain the unprecedented rise in the cost of living that brings hardship and brings despair to so many people living in our communities. What we need is a champion. As we draw towards the close of the year, it's amazing how many lists you encounter. The media is quite obsessed with making sure that we are well informed. What about the most listened to pieces of music? What about the most viewed TV programs during the year? All these lists are available to you. On the BBC website last week, I came across a very different kind of list. Each year, the BBC compiles a list of 100 inspiring and influential women from around the world. And as I read the stories of these women, most of whom I had never heard of, I was struck by their relentless desire to bring about change, their unflinching work of championing the cause of countless people who need someone to speak up for them. And yet, you know, despite um, the often Herculean efforts of these women, and many more like them, of course, women who seek to transform society by tackling situations of despair and abuse and of poverty, no amount of effort is ever going to deal with the root issue. There is brokenness within the human condition. Brokenness that is caused by our rejection of a loving and rescuing God. It's what the Bible calls sin. What we need is a champion. What we need is someone who can change the result. A couple of Sundays ago in our morning service, Saz mentioned the backstory behind Jack Grealish's goal celebration during England's World Cup group stage match against Iran. The celebration was the fulfillment of a promise that had been made to a young football fan called Finlay Fisher. Finlay loves football, but he finds that his physical condition, which is caused by cerebral palsy, makes things difficult. It makes life difficult, and it certainly makes playing football difficult. Now, Grealish is Finlay's favourite player. However, it's not just uh, Jack's footballing ability that Finley admires, because it's also the way that Jack loves and cares for his own sister, who suffers from exactly the same condition as Finley, cerebral palsy. And whilst Finley supports Manchester City, the team, of course, that Jack Grealish plays for, Finley's dad supports Manchester United. 
In a letter, Finlay shared with Jack one particular frustration that he has. Not only is he never able to beat his dad when they play football in the garden, he also feels totally helpless since he knows he can never change the result. Jack's response to Finley's frustration is, I think, particularly poignant. This is what he says. You're going to have to invite me round, Finley. We can team up and win. I don't know where that story is going to end. I really hope, of course, that Finley does invite Jack to his home. Finley has discovered, hasn't he, that in order to change the result, he needs a champion. That's the only way that repeated failure can be transformed into lasting joy. What we need is a champion who can change the result. This is what the Apostle Paul has to write to his friends in Ephesus. He says this right at the start of his letter. This version is taken from Eugene Peterson's paraphrase of the Bible called The Message. It wasn't so long ago that you admired in that old stagnant life of sin. You let the world, which doesn't know the first thing about living, tell you how to live. You filled your lungs with polluted unbelief and then exhaled disobedience. We all did it. All of us doing what we felt like doing, when we felt like doing it. All of us in the same boat. It's a wonder God didn't lose his temper and do away with a whole lot of us. Instead, immense in mercy and with an incredible love. He embraced us. He took our sin-dead lives and made us alive in Christ. Just a few moments ago, we sung these words. Son of Adam, son of heaven, given as a ransom, reconciling God and man, Christ, our mighty champion. What a saviour, what a friend. What a glorious mystery. Once a babe in Bethlehem, now the Lord of history. Jesus Christ is the champion that changes the results. He is the one who breaks down the barriers. He restores humanity's relationship with a holy, just and loving God. He provides the means of rescue. He changes darkness into the brightness of hope. What we need is a champion. A champion who can change the result. And my question to you is, will you, like Finley, extend an invitation to a champion? Someone who will and can change your life. Somebody who will transform repeated failure into lasting joy. Laura's going to come and bring us a song now. I'm going to suggest two things. The words are going to be on the screen if you want to follow the words. Um, but if you don't, and I actually I recommend that you don't, or you look up every now and again if you want to, I suggest you close your eyes and you listen to the words. And we just take this moment to reflect and we take this time uh, to pray. As we listen to the words, the words take us all the way, as the title suggests. 
all the way from the stable to the cross. Thank you, Lord.